The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. It's time for our weekly Last Word on Health with Dr Brian Higgins joining us from Galway. Brian, recently Dr Lona Duffy covered menopause for us. So we want to talk about perimenopause because what's that? What's the difference? Well, first off, if you what menopause is, is the cessation of menstruation or the cessation of periods for over 12 months. Perimenopause is the transition period from very regular periods to the absence of periods and the the, uh, symptoms that come along with that. Okay, but it doesn't necessarily mean, does it, that the woman has gone into menopause? No, so menopause is a menopause is very definable. Perimenopause is a progressive transition where there's a fluctuation um, up and down, but mainly downward of the female health, female hormone estrogen. And then that fluctuation can cause quite a lot of symptoms. OK, and what are those symptoms? The most common system, uh, symptom is that periods become very irregular. They can become um, lighter and less frequent, or in cases they can become very common and very heavy, uh, which can cause a huge amount of distress and other illnesses such as anemia. Um, the other symptoms include hot flushes and sleep dysregulation, changes in mood, which can be due to the changes in hormone levels and from the lack of sleep. And other symptoms include a loss of sex drive, a loss of bone density, and an increased risk of cardiovascular disease. At what age does this start normally? Uh, the most commonly it happens in the mid 40s, but there's no specific age. And uh, some women can begin to enter the menopause in even their 30s. Which can be quite distressing for them, can it? No, absolutely. And especially for uh, people who are family planning, one of the issues with perimenopause is it's associated with the reduction in fertility. So especially for people who are uh, trying uh, for a family and are entering that perimenopausal period earlier, it can be incredibly distress- distressing. OK, when should a woman seek medical intervention? Well, I've listed all the symptoms there. So the heavy bleeding, the changes in mood, the hot flushes, and really anybody who's having those symptoms to an extent that it's affecting their quality of life should seek medical attention because for the most part, they're incredibly treatable symptoms. Okay. What can a GP do if a woman goes and presents with the perimenopause? Well, first thing we'll do is we will take a thorough history. We'll make sure that somebody smears are up to date, that they're doing their breast checks regularly. But mainly we'll make, diagnose their the perimenopausal period from um, symptoms and history. And actually blood tests, we'll often not do them because they're not very accurate and they can be very confusing. Uh, once we've diagnosed that the symptoms are due to perimenopause, we have uh, we will have a discussion with the patient with what they want to do about that. Some people will decide they don't want treatment, which is absolutely fine. Um, for others, uh, uh, hormone replacement therapy or HRT um, can be absolutely amazing and incredibly helpful in reducing symptoms. One of the problems with HRT, though, is that it, it can only be used for a limited period of up to about 10 years. Um, so it does the difficulty with HRT is often not in stop starting it, but the fact that there is a point where you do have to stop it. And for patients for whom HRT is not an option, um, kind of vaginal oestrogen can be used, which is not really considered HRT, but can be really helpful for symptoms of vaginal dryness 
And for patients suffering with sleep dysregulation, and especially for hot flushes, uh, there are certain antidepressants or what are called SSRIs that can be very, very helpful with managing hot flushes. OK, we're getting quite a lot of text messages into 0874 uh, One saying doctors don't want to describe HRT to get it is a battle. Um, I, I think uh, prescribing HRT is something that some doctors are very confident with and others aren't. Um, one of the issues that we're having at the minute is that it's very difficult for us to access HRT and the availability of certain HRT is fluctuant. You can get it sometimes and you can't get it at other times. And that's one of the difficulties in prescribing it. And it's very difficult to keep up to date with the menopause management when you're also trying to keep up to date with everything else in general practice. And there are GPs um, around Ireland who do a lot of work in menopause. And what most GPs would do if they're not very experienced or not very comfortable in prescribing HRT, will generally very happily refer to another GP uh, who's more comfortable and up to date with prescribing HRT. Great. There's a lot of them coming in. I have many symptoms of perimenopause, including night sweats, insomnia, bladder infections and many more. But my period comes like clockwork. I've had my hormones checked and they're okay. Could I still be in perimenopause? I'm 47. Absolutely. The reduction in oestrogen is fluctuant and usually it's associated with change in periods, but not always. And that's one of the reasons that we'll actually avoid doing um, hormone tests a lot of the time. It's because they can be very, very, very confusing. If someone comes into you and they have very obvious symptoms of perimenopause, you treat the patient, not the blood result. And that person should speak with their GP about um, options for treating those symptoms. We have quite a few people saying HRT can be prescribed for longer than 10 years now. Uh, that is something that needs to be discussed uh, with the doctor and it's particular per patient. We do know that HRT is very, very, very safe uh, but it does have some risks associated with it. Those risks mainly being clots over time, an increased risk of stroke and a slight increased risk of breast cancer. Now, those risks are very, very low, but they're cumulative. So the longer you're on HRT, the higher the risk is of having one of those okay. um, side effects medication. Another listener says, does HRT increase my risk of breast cancer if I have a strong family history of that illness? So when somebody has a history of breast cancer or if somebody is getting a, bre a history a breast cancer, there are different types of breast cancer. And some of those breast cancers are what we call estrogen or progesterone receptor positive, which means that they have they are effectively stimulated by uh, estrogen and progesterone. When we then prescribe estrogen or progesterone to somebody, we're giving, um, how would you say, more of that hormone. And if somebody is is at a risk of developing those cancers. There's a possibility by giving the uh, HRT that we're going to, uh, how would you say, stimulate that cancer and bring it on earlier. It's not something I would pretend to be an expert in, um, but it's something that should be discussed with the doctor. And for some people, you might look at their, ri their risk of cancer from, from their family history and you might say, that HRT might, may not be the best option for them. And you might decide then to use something like an SSRI or vaginal oestrogen instead. Claudia says, don't forget the brain fog is terrifying. Dry eyes too, hair quality and utter exhaustion. 
Yeah, and dry skin as well. Unfortunately, the reduction in estrogen, and when we spoke about dry eyes a couple of weeks ago, um, menopause is a really big issue and it does actually affect your skin. And people will find who maybe have had quite oily skin in the past that once they are in the perimenopausal or postmenopausal period, that their skin gets really dry and their skincare needs change quite a lot. And the brain fog can be incredibly distressing for people, especially for people who've really um, busy jobs. But it is quite positive to see now that some companies. I know Bank of Ireland was one who's actually brought out um, a 10 day of menopause leave in one calendar year for their employees. And I think it's something that it's really important because it affects so many women that we're comfortable talking about it and we're not stigmatising people for these symptoms that can actually be very distressing and very debilitating. One other one, a 44-year-old woman says she started getting aura migraines and never had a migraine in her life before. Could it be linked to perimenopause? Uh, migraines can be and unfortunately as well for people who have migraines um, that is sometimes a, a a reason that we can't actually prescribe them HRT um, migraines with, with uh, aura uh, were restricted for prescribing those people estrogen because there's an increased risk in stroke so it's possible that it's due to the perimenopause but migraines with aura are horrible and that person should chat to their GP about getting treatment but the treatment is probably not going to be HRT. Thank you very much Dr Brian Higgins for joining us for our weekly Last Word on Health. We'll put this up as a podcast. One listener says for the perimenopause make HRT free because it costs €60 a month for mine. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today FM.